Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie and with me as always. Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Oh, I don't have a new banner today. I'm like so tired. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to watching Gaslight, so I don't I don't have a ton either. Oh yeah, we're the only people that like to watch movies from like 1948. Well, I mean, this movie did coin a term that everybody says all the time gaslighting so that's pretty cool right and it does have really great act um famous actors and actresses like ingrid bergman playing the lead role and um angela ansbury in like one of her first like roles which actually won i don't know that she won the academy award but she got nominated for her role as this maid she, i think she's like 19 years old in this movie Hmm. I wonder if there's a board game named Gaslight. I'm gonna look that up while we're doing a, while you're doing some news. I don't know like how you would make a board game about gaslighting because I mean I guess if you're like lying to people like or convincing them they're not who they are like maybe you know their role and they don't it would be weird I don't I don't know we'll find out we'll do some research okay you do that meanwhile I want to talk about some news. While you're not paying attention to me, I'm talking about games that I think you might actually be interested in. <laughs> I'll listen. One of the games is interesting to me. Uh, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll chime in on that one. So, the first game I want to talk about is called Bases Loaded, a word game that's not about baseball. And I was intrigued by this because, first, I'm like, okay, it's baseball, but not baseball. So, what it is is, and if you get a certain addition of the Kickstarter, you get like an actual player mat where you can set up these cards that are called bases um, on in a baseball diamond shape. And so each base is actually like a noun or some kind of category of a word like um, character or president or comedian or TV series. And then um, you put like one of like those at you put one category in the middle that sets the bases. So then you're going to load the bases. So you've got like, okay, this ending is about, you know, TV shows. Then you're going to load the bases with these cards that say like bases loaded or whatever. And they're adjectives or advert, like describing words. So it'll be like a Western TV series. And so then people, you want to be the first person to like yell at a Western TV series and you get points for like what's on first base. And then if you, um, get like load first base, then you go to load second base and then, that's more points if you get, if you guess like a Western science fiction TV show. Okay. Oh, Firefly. And then like third base. So then you keep, you can keep adding these new adjectives to whatever the initial category was as you go as different people like round these bases. Um, or you can then go in and change one of them, which completely changes the answers because they're all like cumulative. Or you can go in and change even the main category as you're playing. But if you get all the answers, I think, and then you like can answer another loaded one on home plate, then you get like a ton of points because it's a grand slam. So it's like a word game that uses baseball terminology. The cool thing that I thought about this is that it has like different kinds of levels. Like there's this little expansion pack. It's like 15 bucks. Um, but you can play it by itself, and it's called Little League, and it's all, like, really kid-friendly, um, like, and not super, not that it's, like, the other ones are grotesque, but that it's simplified um, words, 
And so you can use it and play it with kids. And I think for me as an English teacher, great to encourage them to use their language and to think about things and to pull categories and stuff. But then you have that option of playing it at a simpler level. So you can, it's like a whole family kind of event. So there's five days left on that if you're interested in word games or using baseball terminology. Um, it's 15 bucks for the little, the little league, um, version by itself. Um, 29 bucks if you want, they call it the minor league, which is just the regular game, not with the little league parts. Um, but if you get the major league for $39, you get all of it, including like the math lets you set it up. So it looks like a baseball field. Um, there's little tokens for strikes. If you get, you know, y'all incorrect answers, there's outs as well. Um, so it looks kind of like a fun little board game that's bases loaded. I was looking at Kickstarter a little today and this did not pop up at all. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can never find the stuff that you talk about. Well, except for this next one. I did see that one, but this one, I never heard of it. It sounds kind of interesting, but I'm kind of mad that it's not about baseball. Well, it's, I mean, it vaguely is, I guess. That's true. It's, it's using baseball terms. So that's something, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just going to find the stuff. So my next find is definitely a kid, I think, family fun kind of game. It's called The Fuzzies. Um, the <laughs> that, fuzz- that name. That name bothers me for some reason. I don't know. Why. I don't mind it because also what I loved is when I looked at the Kickstarter page, the pictures of the little fuzzies, they're like, they are what you think of. The little, like, fuzzy cottony balls and they're different colors. Uh, the picture on the box says they have little eyes and stuff, but in the game they don't. Right. So yeah. it's basically like Jenga or Rhino Hero with fuzzballs. <laughs> so like all these fuzzies come in this tube, really portable, cute, easy. You like open it, turn it over, and they're all kind of so they're all stuck in this nice stack. So then you've got cards that you turn over that tell you what color of fuzzy to move or how to move it. So you get like a, you can use tweezers or fingers. And then it'll tell you, okay, move. So you move a, a particular colored fuzzy from the bottom to the top, or it'll say, move one with your eyes closed, or move one with your non-dominant hand. And they they do just happen to stick together. You don't need adhesive or anything. They're just attracted to each other. Um, probably static cling or something. But at some point, you will thin out the bottom enough that they'll fall over, and that person loses. And what I thought was crazy about this game is, yeah, it's pretty simple. We've seen it before. The people that designed it, it's the designer of The Mind and the game Wavelength, and the two designers of Monikers put this thing together. That's really weird. Like, why are there so many designers for this game? I don't know. <laughs> it seems blatantly obvious, like it should have been designed before now. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's what it is. So there's yeah. thir- 13 days left on it, and it's 19 bucks. Which I think is a fairly reasonable price for these kind of sticky together balls. And it would be fun. Like, our kids would love this game. Totally. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm actually kind of interested in this one. I looked at this one and I watched the video probably three times because <laughs> it's so dumb. But it looks super fun. It really yeah, does. Yeah, I think it would be fun. So, that's the fuzzies. All right. So, I, I can talk about one if you, if you'd okay. like. Sure. So, technically, it'll be two. But uh, the game I'll talk about is Vinyl Big Band and Vinyl Jukebox Edition from Talent Strike Studios. I don't know how many days are left. I didn't look that up because I didn't add it to the outline. But I'm on it. Um, what this is is it's a the Big Band is an expansion to Vinyl, which we've covered on our channel, and we've covered Big Band, and it plays essentially the same way as Vinyl, but it's going to add a leaderboard where you're trying to collect different band leaders to be able to take. 
some extra bonus actions when you retire your collection. Um, and you're also focusing on getting records of certain speeds. So you, it's 33 speed and 78 speed. So you, when you're in a certain speed, you can only collect records of that speed. And if you want to change speed, you got to discard some cards or an extra attribute or whatever. So it's similar to vinyl, but it jazzes it up just a little bit like every other expansion to give it even more replayability. Now, the good thing about this campaign is actually Jukebox. So I did a video for Jukebox, and it's a two-player-only version of vinyl. And you're pulling coins out of a bag. So automatically, you know that I'm in love with this game. Uh, so what you're trying to do in jukebox, similar kind of thing, you're trying to pull out coins from your bag. There's a little bit of push your luck and you're trying to meet attributes on a three by three grid of albums that you're trying to get into your jukebox. And in this one, they're 45s. So if you have two rows of coins that you can put into your coin slot, the trick here is if you get to an end of the row, end of a row before you fulfill some attributes, you kind of bust. So you don't get an album, but you're going to get some extra special bonus coins to put into your bag to make getting albums easier in the future. It's a race to see who can get their 3x3 grid of albums in their own jukebox, and you're also trying to get some in-game scoring of certain types of albums in certain spaces of the 3x3 grid just to get some extra points. So it's pretty quick, it's fun, and of everything I played of vinyl, Jukebox is exactly what I is actually what I like the best. Hmm. So, I need to play this with you. Yes, you do for sure. It's it's really good. Well, I mean, pulling stuff out of a bag, I'm a sucker for that. So of course, literally the game could just be poop on a board, and if you put something with no poop in a bag, <laughs> poop in a bag. I didn't want to pull the poop out of the bag though, so that was where I was struggling. Hmm. But so yeah, that's vinyl big band and jukebox. Um, Katie has advised me via the outline that there are 13 days left. And 36 bucks for both. Wow, that's really cheap. I agree. Uh, yeah, so that's a great deal. If you have the base game of vinyl and you want a new expansion and the cool two-player version, that's a sweet deal. So go check that out. I like vinyl also because Brandon hates it and can never win at it. So it's another game that I can beat Brandon at. And I do love that. Yeah, that's always H- fun. Has he played Jukebox, the two-version, two-player? Uh, no, he did not. Mm, what if he'd like that? He'd probably win and I'd be mad and I'd throw it away. So. <laughs> probably. <laughs> So the last item of news I wanted to cover is a game that doesn't have much time left. And I I don't know if it's going to fun, but it sounds kind of cool. Like it sounds right in our alley. And it's called Levitation Masters of Magic. Oh, yeah. I looked at this too. This did look awesome. I am with you on this. So there's dice drafting. There's worker placement. There's engine building. All three things that really um, like push my hot buttons for games. Um, it's two to five players, and it's set during like the golden age of stage magic. So it's making me think like um, Trickerian, Trickerian kind of feel, and it looks like it. So you roll like these specialty dice, and um, there's these different masters that you can learn your magic from. And I, I don't know. I think that I don't know what that does for you. Oh, I think because of whichever one it is, you get get certain tricks that you can do. And then you're like assigning workers to like learn tricks, learning tricks and performing them um, lets you go to like different, you go to like different cities and like perform your tricks. You get a claim, a claim can help you do greater tricks. Um, you can add like pizzazz to tricks. So you're like, or flair, it's called flair. 
So you're like putting this flare out with all these illusions um, to try and make your illusions really great so that you get more acclaim and you're connecting cities and like all of your illusion cards, like somehow they form some kind of engine that helps give you stuff. Cause whenever you get a new trick or um, maybe when you play an, an illusion, all the other illusions in that same type fire, like I'm, it seems, and so then once you, when you connect cities, like you can connect cities to like build your show. Like, um, it's got like these wooden like eyeball discs that are like your player tokens. Um, you get this cool like cup and ball round marker, which is actually like a magic trick too. And the, there's like metal acclaim tokens. Like it seems like it has a, a lot going for it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why this isn't funding it. Maybe and there's no videos, no reviews. Yeah. Uh, that never goes over well. And I think it's a first-time designer, too. So that usually doesn't bode well. But it's cheap. It looks nice. I mean, I think it looks nice. Maybe not everybody thinks it looks nice. And the but. artwork is uh, leaves a little to be desired. But like the components seem pretty good. Uh, they also are wanting a, an awful lot of money. Yeah, that's true. $21,000. Right out the gate. Uh, but man, I would love to like review this or something because it seems like a really cool game. So, um, there's five days left. I mean, maybe we could get it funded. I don't know, but it's like 35 bucks, which is like 35 bucks for, um, like a full, a, like not even a chintzy, like you get the copy, you get this, the magic ball and cup round eye marker, you get the wooden eye tokens, you get metal claim cubes you get all the stretch goals um and then you get you even get a booklet that is 20 tricks you can do with levitation so you too can do magic <laughs> that's awesome i love magic yeah uh, this designer's done stuff before but nothing that i have ever heard of stadium dungeon allies arch villain or misty ruins yeah i haven't heard any of that either that's crazy like yeah i, I actually saw this one because the theme was cool because i think yeah that's an underutilized theme really I agree. And I was like, wow, this looks cool. And I was like, wow, no, like 87 backers. It's like 12% funded. Like, what is going on with this? I know. I think it it just needs more press. So, I mean, I'd be happy because it seems like cool. Like, I love worker placement. I love dice drafting. I love engine building. Love engine building. Like, I would totally be happy to try something out with this thing. Maybe we'll have to reach out to Joe Magic. Totally agree. Joe Magic. Joe Magic. All right, so let's talk about some games played. I We played all these together. We did. We actually played more than this, so we might have some carryover into next week. At first, I was like, <laughs> I don't remember any of these games. I'm like, oh, wait, I do. I just didn't remember any of the names. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first one, one we're going to talk about is probably the heaviest one of all of them that we played. And, well, all of the ones we're talking about here. And that game is called Godspeed from Pandasaurus. And this is a worker placement game set in space, which Katie really loves. Ugh. She was she was begging to play this because the theme was amazing. They were setting up, and I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> this is a freaking space! What do I have an astronaut in front of me? Oh my gosh!" <laughs> you were Japan; it was all good. You got to be the Japan astronauts. That's, that's true. So in this game, um, it it's a worker placement game at its core, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to get resources to fulfill different types of contract cards from these different locations on the board. 
You're also trying to build different buildings on your player board, which are going to help generate resources and relic powers to give you, let you move up on these tracks. The gist of the game is you need to move up on these four influence tracks to score a pile of points. If you don't do that, you're probably not going to win. Um, there's also some auctioning and some bidding for like first player and some really good stuff. And then there's a little semi-cooperative thing where we're trying to work together to resolve an event. I completely killed the theme, but this game essentially has no theme. It has art, but it has no theme. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a worker placement game set in space, contract fulfillment, resource management, you know, all that type of stuff. So I, I thought it was okay. It was a little long for what it was. Um, I would have liked to have been able to take more actions on a turn or on a, each round because I felt like I couldn't do enough, but not in a good way. Like not the way the Italians do it, but in a, I want to be an Italian designer and I'm going to smack you around, but not do it as well kind of way. <laughs> so yeah, I like this. Not one that I think I'm going to need to own or anything, but it was all right. Yeah, it was okay. I was not impressed with it. I mean, it was space number one. You know, I can't stand it. Uh, again, in art only. <laughs> I felt like a lot of the decisions were arbitrary. Like, I, I don't know. Like when I do, when I make it a, a choice, I want, I want it to really like, Give me something to do or like I completed a bunch of these contract cards, but they really didn't help me get any points. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, I, yeah, I, it was sorry. Right. If I never play it again, I'll be a better person for it. I think actually. Yeah. And I think like we played this with our new hotness buddy and his wife and I, it seems like he uh, doesn't really love it anymore either. They're already talking uh, about trading it. Yeah. And I think he's only played it twice. So it just. Yeah, it's fine, but my main concern with it is it goes on too long. And that could be a seven-round game, but you play ten. And that's a little long for what you're doing in there. But then you want the ten rounds because you want to actually like get some stuff done. But then I felt like I was trying to get stuff done, and it well, didn't true. show in my points at all. So I was a little irritated that's by true. that. I did win that game, so that does help. But that's another reason I don't like it. There's, it's obviously broken if you want it. Like, I mean, really. <laughs> Clearly, if you can win, it's a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to the next one. The next one is about our all-time favorite theme. <laughs> and uh, we were told that we don't need to learn anything about it because it's going to be gone in a few years and we're too old. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and it's called Minecraft Builders and Biomes. Yes, we played a Minecraft game. Get yeah. off. Yeah. When we first went into it, I was like, I know nothing about, like, I honestly know nothing about Minecraft except it's like 8-bit graphics. And I know you can build stuff. I don't get anything else beyond that. I didn't even think it was actually a game. I thought it was like this free world thing or whatever they call that. But apparently it's not quite because there are like villains to fight. Like, I don't know. I'd, anyway, yeah. thankfully you didn't need to understand that to play the game. Nope, so, not at all. So there's sets of tiles out, um, and you can do, and then there's also like a cube of smaller cubes that are different types of resources. Um, and so on your turn, you can do two different actions, and you've got your little guy, your little blockhead looking guy, and they can move around the, the grid of tiles and flip over tiles. So you find like um, buildings that you can build or um, monsters that you can fight. And then there's also weapons around the outside that you can use to fight with it. You've got a little deck of um, 
chits, basically, that have a couple of weapons and then a couple of... Um, rotten potatoes. Rotten potatoes, <laughs> which are not effective in fighting monsters, we found, but they come up an awful lot. But it's um, funny. <laughs> it is funny. Um, so you can move and flip tiles, or um, you can take weapons, you can fight any of the monsters that come around, which will give you points and sometimes give you other abilities. Or you can take two cu- two of the cubes, like the resource cubes, from the cube um, and use, at some point, use them to build buildings to put on your own little player mat. Because each round has a scoring for different types of things, land type, building type, and like construction type, I think. Um, and so the counter for your rounds is the... Um, levels of your cubes that you're pulling off kind of mahjong style if they're exposed on three sides so i do an okay job of explaining that yeah I, yeah it was rock solid uh yeah the the cool thing about this game is that well the thing i liked is the cool resource cube it's just a cube of cubes and you take the cubes off and you're using those cubes as resources and trying to build some buildings but yeah, I was actually surprised that I liked this game way more than I thought I would because, man, Minecraft is, like, I, I despise that art and that theme, but the gameplay was really fun. So, yeah, you nailed it. I liked it. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it was fun, like, and I won, so that also helps. But also, like, since I don't have any concept of the IP, like, I renamed everything. I'm like, oh, this guy looks like Gargamel. And they're like, it's some kind of, like, dire witch. I'm like, it looks like Gargamel, so I'm going to try and fight Gargamel. Like, it didn't really matter. Like, it didn't affect the game. And, like, rotten potatoes coming up when you're trying to fight stuff <laughs> is hilarious. Right. Yeah, it was, like, and the chunkiness of those cubes. I love the tactile stuff. You know that. Yeah, it was surprisingly really fun. I liked it better than Godspeed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I would agree. I think I liked Minecraft better for sure. I would totally play it again, like, right now. Yeah, like, I don't normally like that um, flip a card for resolution thing. Like when I'm killing a monster, like, you know, you flip three cards and if you have enough attack, you kill the monster. Right. But there's not that many cards that you have, really. Right. So you're kind of building a deck, so to speak, with better weapons. So you have a better chance of not drawing one of the three potatoes and busting on the, uh, you know, the attack. So, you know, it's easier to do there. Yeah. So Minecraft, super fun. Um, Silly theme. Well, theme that I hate. Uh, Terrible art. But super fun gameplay and a game I would definitely play again. It was good. Right. Like, I feel like if you have kids that are really into Minecraft, like, this would be a cool way to play a game with them that they are really into the theme. But, like, the mechanics are pretty solid enough that it's a fun game for you. So. Agreed. Okay. All right. So, uh, we played one more game. Well, we played more than that, but we're going to talk about one more. And this is a party-ish game, I think. Would you say this is a party game? Kind of. So this is a little tiny card game. It has like 30-some cards. 30. And it's called No Thanks. So in this game, what you're trying to do is you're trying to have the lowest score possible at the end of four rounds. Yeah, I think so. And the way you're doing that is when when it comes to you on your turn, there's a card that's face up. You either take the card and you're going to be scoring the points on that card or you're going to put a chip on the card and say no thanks and it'll pass to the next person. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to, you know, work with the chips that you have, take as low value cards as you can to score, you know, minimal points and also maybe acquire some chips that stack up on that card. So you have a better chance of passing on higher numbers when they come out later. So it's a cool little like push your luck 
I, I thought there was some pusher luck in it, so I automatically loved it. For sure. Because I love like trying to figure out how many chips everybody has and trying to, you know, <laughs> you stuck me with a whole bunch of points on one round because I needed <laughs> one more chip and you were just a jerk and took a card. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, yeah, no thanks. It's a really fun game. If If anybody's ever not played it, I say go find a copy and play it because I liked it. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of um, For Sale. Oh, yeah, I can see that. And that, like, it's small, it's card-based. Um, it's not, it's sort of auction-y because you're like, okay, am I going to take it? I'm going to keep it. How many points am I going to get? And you've got the, you know, the couple of rounds to really time out. Like, all right, am I going to be able to kind of cancel this out? Are there enough cards in between? Nine cards are randomly taken out anyway, so you're not sure if you can, like, help mitigate some of your numbers. Um, you can kind of be a jerk and let cards that you need and nobody else wants go around so you can gather chips. So it allows you to um, pass up stuff later, which is nice, but I, I, I thought it was fun. I think it's one of those nice, like hey, let's kind of take a break and do something real easy or we're waiting for the people to show up or we've got like 12 million people playing. I, I don't know how it plays up to, but I think only five. I think, I think it plays a seven though. Oh, I thought Chris said it was only. Oh, maybe six. We had we had six. We so played might... six, but six, but I thought he said it only played to seven, but they. Oh, weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. We're obviously not selling this game very well, but it, it was it was fun, like more fun than I thought it would be. Actually, yeah, I, I agree with it. So I thought, yeah. I, yeah, I liked it. It's simple, easy to teach. So, like the pick, like the learning curve. Yeah, th- uh, three to seven. No, you're right, three to seven. Yeah. So one thing I didn't say, and I don't know if you said, I don't think you said it, but if you collect cards that are in a run. So, like, you know, cards one before or after each other, only one of those cards will score, and it's the highest one. The highest so you can one. have so you can have five cards in a run, and you're only going to score the points for the highest card. So all the rest of the cards are just getting negated. So you can play kind of some games where you're going to leave a card out there that's a high number that you'll take anyway, and maybe some people will throw some chips on it. Yeah, so there's a little bit of game in there. It, it It's interesting. Right, or you're also thinking, oh, if I take a 15 and I've got, like, a 19, you're hoping I, you can get all the cards in between there because then you're not stuck with like 34 points. It's only 19 points. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's cool. But yeah, that nine, those nine random cards coming out could really, really mess you over though. For sure. Yeah. that It was good. I, I think uh, having a good group of people to play with too helps when people are getting into it and like razzing each other. That That's helpful, I think, in a game like that. Yeah, it was fun. Good times. So last week, we talked about our deep cuts, games that are ranked 2,000 to 3,000 on the BGG like ranking list, which again, I don't really follow or care about, or it's a popularity contest, whatever. It but is this, for the most yeah, part, yeah. This week, we're going to visit our B-sides. So they're not quite as unknown games. There's the 1,000s to the 2,000s. Our favorite games that are ranked 1,000 to 2,000 on BGG. And we've got a bunch of honorable mentions here. Because, I mean, these are all good games. I had a hard time picking just three out, actually. I mean, yeah, I probably could have put like six or seven on this list. I just picked three that I've probably played more than the others. With the exception of one. But... Most of mine I've played a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah, mine too. So my first one, which I have played a lot, is number 1,567, and that is Bob Ross, The Art of Chill. So when this wow. game first... That's that's really high for that, actually, I think. Right? And actually, yeah. this, this is my... This is the lowest ranked of all the games I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, when it came out, I mean, I was like, it's Bob Ross. That's an IP I can get behind. His happy little trees. He's so soothing. His afro. I'm in. But, you know, it's one of those IP, like, target mass-produced games. It's going to suck. This game is really good. And it's, like, so easy to teach other people. I've taught, like, completely noob gamers to play this game. They loved it. Went out and bought it. Taught their friends who never game. Um, it's just unbelievable. So in Art Chill, you have all these paintings of Bob Ross that Bob Ross has painted. And you've got your own little palette. And you're trying to collect the colors and the brushes you need to paint the paintings um, before Bob Ross does. And you get extra points if you paint certain features um, earlier. You're rolling this die that can give you um, maybe some extra actions or extra paint. Or it'll move... Um, like the deck of Bob Ross, which may change kind of the rules for that round, or it might move Bob up, or Bob might just be chilling, which is great because you get more time to paint. Um, it's a very relaxing game. It's pretty, it's like fun. It's easy enough to teach to anybody and for them to pick up, but also it's enough of a game that it keeps you engaged if you're a gamer. And who doesn't love Bob Ross? And if someone doesn't, Tell me, and I will slap you. I will. I will come to your house and slap you. <laughs> yeah, I I remember when we got this game. It was in one of our uh, Christmas gift exchange things. And oh, when we yeah. unwrapped it, everybody kept holding the game of Bob up in front of their face. Because <laughs> yeah, his head's on the front. <laughs> it's just Bob's head, and it was really funny. Yeah, that was my first memory of this game. But yeah, then we played the game, and it was really fun. So yeah, I agree with you on this one. No, we want it. No, someone got it somewhere else. For a birthday or something, and I kept looking. We were at a restaurant, and it looked like he was sitting in the chair next to them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who was that? Oh, it was Kim. I think we got it for Kim Her when birthday. we were at CBCB. Yeah, and so then uh, it, he made a reappearance at our, our Christmas game exchange. And yeah, that's it was a time. hit. Like, it was really fun. Like, I, I would play this game right now. Like, it is just a fun – and, like, you can chat and it's casual. So, it's one of those that's really easy for non-gamers to get into because they don't want to be overwhelmed by rules or, like, really intense game. But it also requires them to do stuff and pay attention. Like, I, I think it's great. So, uh, my first pick of the night is number 1567, Bob Ross, The Artichale. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that game. Mm-hmm. All right, so my first one that I'm going to talk about, my lowest ranked of these three, is number 1733, and it is Ancient Terrible Things, which I, I wasn't going to put this on here, but I played this game an awful lot, and I felt I needed to put it on here. So what this is, this is uh, Cthulhu Yahtzee, in a sense. You're getting dice, you're trying to roll different types of dice to kill these crazy beasts that are taking over this town. And when you kill the beast, you're going to get some points. You're trying to do some set collection by killing three of the same color beasts to score some extra points. You're going to go to the market and get some stuff that will, like weapons or other types of goods that will help you get extra dice to make your killing easier. Um, and you're going to keep going until you kill all the monsters and there are the most points is the winner. Um, so yeah, it, it, it essentially is Yahtzee-esque. 
but I think it's a little more gamey, so I like it way better. So my seven, my number one game that I'm talking about right now, or my number three game, is Ancient Terrible Things. Yeah, this reminds me a lot of um, Elder Sign. Yeah, a, a little. Yeah, this is a little more cartoony and not as heavy, but right. yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think I enjoyed this game better. Do we own this? Yes, I traded for it. We do okay, that's this. what I thought. Because we played for Corny's version, and he like won so so bad, and I was a little demoralized. Not as bad, and <laughs> not as demoralized as I was when he killed us a council for. That's true. I mean, um, I always lose, so I didn't feel think anything of it. But, <laughs> but it, it actually, it, it is a really fun game, and I like. I'll, there's like lots of not a lot of different things going on, but that you're trying to you know defeat these different scenarios and you can get like items and it's very much like elder sign but in a way that i prefer so that's a good pick yep my next pick is one that i love and this is another game that brandon hates because he can't win and he's terrible at it and so i love to play it and that is one (laughs) you're so vindictive you are He, I only say it because I know he loves to hear himself get talked about. Uh, that's He's true. He's that probably narcissistic. Just... He doesn't care if I'm talking about how I love to beat him with this game. He's just going to rewind this section over and over and over and listen to it. I know. We'll get like 50 <laughs> listens just from Brandon re-downloading the episode to hear about himself. Uh, that's but the, the game is 1,351 and there's a bargain quest. Um, this game is so good and it's so underrated. And for some reason, they're just like, I've, there's been a couple people that just don't like it or can't figure it out. And I think it's their problem because this game is really good. And let's, let's mention the other person's name as well. His Joel. name would be Joel. Joel yes. hates this game because it's too <laughs> random. Blah. It's because you don't know how to play it. Okay. Learn to play what you get. This game is good. It's it is good. I agree. Good. You just set me up to be the bad guy. That's exactly what you did right there. I did. You're right. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're giggling like a schoolgirl. Stop it. <laughs> so Bargain Quest is a drafting game, which I don't normally love very many drafting games, but this one, I love the theme. And I think what they do with the mechanics is unique. So you have this little storefront in front of you. It's adorable. I always pick this red one that looks like an Asian little room, because of course I did. And you draft cards of different like weapons and armor and magical items that you can sell in your store to adventurers. And you can see who the adventurers that are coming to town are going to be, and because w- only certain items can be used by certain adventurers. If you're familiar with any kind of role playing, you know that. So you're like, okay, I got to get stuff in my store to attract I got to put something in the window to attract them to my store. And then I've got to have items that they can buy because I want to get money. You don't really care if the items are going to help them or not. You just want to sell them the items. So you sell them the items. They go off and fight the baddies. If they live, they come back with more money and you can sell them more crap. Otherwise, you know, they die and you get new adventures with new money. And so you're just trying to hustle and get the most money. I forget how many rounds you play. It's until you kill all the baddies. So it, okay. it could be, yeah, five, six. But I, I like that it's it's just a different way of looking at drafting. You are trying to put stuff in the window to attract people, but you can't sell that. So you want to be really careful about the items that you're drafting. So it's, it's kind of really strategic. And then you can get assistance and things that will allow you – to like manipulate what you've got to get more money, um, to keep some items, you know, held back if you wanted to like sell them later. I, it's good. It's so good. I love this one. 
Bargain Quest. Yeah, I like this one too. Uh, we have the expansion as well, which we haven't played yet. But I know. Yeah, I, I love, I'm not super into theme, but I think the theme on this one is interesting. You're running a store to sell stuff to adventurers who may go off to a, fight a monster and die, but you don't care. You just want the next hero to come and sell them stuff to take their money. <laughs> like, it's terrible. It's a terrible theme, but I like it. And, I mean, you could even sell them, like, fake stuff, too, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they might, you know, it'll help them die. <laughs> so... But You're not like, the most scrupulous of salesmen. Yeah, and I like that there's like a humor element to it. Like I just think it's 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 just and the art's cute. Like I just really like it. It's a fun game. I think more people want to check it out. It is underrated at thirteen fifty one, let me tell you. Yeah, I agree. I, I think now that it's with Renegade Gate it might, you know, climb up a little higher, but it was mm. just uh indie published for a while, so only so much you can do there. That's true. All right, so the next one I'm gonna talk about is number 1616 and it is from Albin Viard and it is called Clinic. Um, so if you know anything about Albin Viard games, their um, tile placement, maximizing uh, how well you're building a city in a sense. And you always you know have to kind of adhere to strict zoning rules like you can't put parks next to a factory or you can't put a school next to, you know, other areas because you know that's not how cities are zoned so clinic kind of functions the same way you're going to be building a hospital and you have to make ways for people to get into your hospital you have to be able to get these people to travel from the um like i don't know what the first room is when you go into a hospital uh reception area from the reception area into the surgery rooms into the um medical offices without wasting too much time because in this game the more time you waste by moving people around from building to building or floor to floor because this can be a three-floor building that you're building the more time you waste the more points that you lose so you're trying to build this hospital get the appropriate colors doctors because only certain colored doctors can treat certain colored patients and you're trying to just run the most efficient hospital you can run in you know the best way to score the most points and had the most money left over that was a really terrible explanation but um if if you've ever seen any of album's games they're all kind of the same like premise of just high efficiency trying to build the best structure you can build and adhering to all the rules so clinic is great i played it solo only because it's a beast and i didn't feel like teaching it to anybody but even at solo it's great the production is awesome the artwork is good and the game is just burns your brain. So the second game we're talking about today, number 1616, Clinic. I would totally play this. You just never talk of, like, say, let's play this or whatever. So, well, I, yeah, I, I need to get to it before it's like nine o'clock at night because you're probably not going to want to burn your brain at nine o'clock at night. At least you normally don't. Mm, that's probably true. So, like, if, if we have some time to play a game during the day, then maybe we could bust it up. It seems interesting. Like, I'd try it at least once. Yeah, it's cool. And, and once you, you learn it, it's actually pretty simple. The hardest part is because it's uh, three floors of building, the way the board is laid out, it's kind of hard to see what's on top of the other places and some of the rules about what you can place on top and to the side and stuff. That's the hardest part of the game. The rest of it's pretty simple. So once you figure all that out, it's a good game. Okay. I'll have to watch it or play it. 
I mean, there's probably a movie named Clinic 2. You could watch that I if you know. want. It's probably like some <laughs> horror movie, actually, which I would never want to watch. So You're, you're probably right. <laughs> so a game that I have played, and the last one I want to talk about, and I feel kind of bad mentioning this one because good luck finding it. <laughs> um, but my last pick tonight is number 1,272, and that is Mystery of the Abbey. Yeah, this is a good one. This is like Clue and Guess Who Had a Baby, and it is awesome. The baby's awesome. And so is the game. (laughs) So in this game, you're monks at an abbey, and you go to the abbey, and someone killed one of the brothers at the abbey, and obviously you need to find out who. So you've got these awesome, like, like, player pads of monks, and the monks have different orders. They, like... They're Templars and Benedictines, and then they um, are also different ranks, novices, fathers, brothers, and then they all have different physical characteristics. Some of them have beards and some of them don't. Some of them have hoods and some of them don't. Some of them are fat and some of them are thin. They've all got these really fun names. And then, like, you automatically want to pick the shady-looking ones, but it's not always the shady-looking brother. So you have to remember that. It's usually not because it's random. (laughs) Right. It's random. Um. But so, like Clue, you're going around to different rooms in this abbey to find out, to, like, take cards with monks on them to rule out different monks. Um, the way this is different is that when you're in the room as another player, you get to ask them a question, much like you would when you make kind of a guess in Clue. Um, but your question can be phrased in any way, as long as you are not asking them to tell you the name of a monk. Now, where this is interesting is everyone else gets to hear your question and hear the answer. So you're not actually exchanging cards, but you're exchanging information. Now, if that person tells you what you want to know, they then get the opportunity to ask you back a question that you have to answer. Now, what can happen is if you ask someone a question, they can take a vow of silence and not answer you because maybe they want to keep their information secret. However, they do not get to get information from you. There's also some other rooms in the Abbey that you can go to to get cards that allow you to like take an extra turn um, right after one that can like manipulate what's happening, that can help you find out extra information, which I think is really neat because you don't have that in Clue. And also it has this other element where it's not just about finding out who the murderer is, which is important, but you can also go and um, make, I don't know what they call them. A revelation. Revelations. Yeah. And say, uh, say revelation, like the murderer is a Benedictine. And so you can list off maybe these characteristics that you think you know or hope that you know. And you can gain points for those as well. So if you make several revelations, it can add up to as many points as actually getting the right answer. Um, and so then, and every so many like rounds, everybody goes back to mass. So you like, you're starting over kind of back at a central location again. Um, cards are getting passed then. Uh, just new things are happening to move the game along. And it comes with a bell. So you can't get much better than that. Monks... Murder, mass. Like, it's all there. 
<laughs> Is that like you said, masks? I was like, there aren't any masks in they there. They don't wear masks, but if you're sitting too close to people while playing this game, you might want to wear masks. Yeah. So that's Four number tw- 1272, Mr. The Abbey. Yeah, this is a good one. It's like a billion times better than Clue and like a trillion times better than Guess Who. Uh, yeah, I, I really like this. It's fun. I kind of like Guess Who. I mean, it's fine. There's no game there, though. It's just asking it's deduction. questions. It's deduction. Barely. Oh, come on. It's deduction for kids. We need to get one for our kids. I want to put people we know on it, too. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that would be funny. Uh, Rory would love it. She would. All right. So the last one I'm going to talk about is a, a really good game. And it's number 1423. And it is from Renegade, I believe. I could be wrong. I'll look and it, up. it is called Covert. And this is a game from designer Kane Klinko. He's done a lot of other games. He did a, a version of Pandemic. Um, he's done some real-time games, Fuse, and the one about where they're in the hospital. I can't remember the name of it. Flatline, is, I think. This is Renegade. Yeah. And what you're doing in this game is it's a dice placement game. Kind of. You're using dice, and you're going to place them on one of these four action spaces. The actions are going to be moving your little spies around the map to get into certain types of, or certain cities, or certain regions to help you fulfill contracts, and maybe collect intel cubes that you can cash in for some other benefit. Um, You can go to a space to get new item cards. So, like, you can get a shoe phone, you can get a gun. You could get some false identification paperwork, um, a briefcase, some recording devices. And then you can go to another space to actually fulfill contracts. So I take all the stuff that I've gathered and I'm going to cash it in to fulfill a contract to score some points. The point of this game is to be the first person to get in a, I think, a four player game, five completed contracts. And once you do that, the game's going to end and whoever has the most points is the winner. Um, there's a little more stuff going on. Uh, the dice, when you roll them, there's uh, determines initiative based on who has the lowest amount of value showing. There's also some safe cracking that you're going to be able to go to this little area and move some numbers around to try to crack this code so you can get a one-time bonus like gun or shoe phone or something to help you fulfill contracts. Uh, it, it's a really cool game. Uh, I like it. It's super underrated. Like No one talks about it. It's a cool, like, get smart spy type theme. Um, everything about this game is cool, and I enjoy it a lot. So the uh, I guess my number one game of this section is Covert, number 1,423. And yes, Katie has advised, it is from Renegade. Yeah, Covert is really, really good. Like, it's got, like, this cool spy theme. It's not, like, super thematic, but... Um, It's cool, like, you get to go around and, um, like, do... It's not like mini-games, but do these different things. All these different items that you're doing, like, save cracking, which is manipulating numbers, and, um, you know, going to... Flying to these different places to get these cubes. They're all helping you complete these different goals that you have, and there's some set collection type stuff happening. Like, there's lots of these little basic mechanics, and under this really great, um, um, like, umbrella of theme, and 
it seems like it would be heavy, but it's not. Like, it's a, a really nice, m- easy, medium weight game that maybe looks intimidating, but it's really awesome. I think more people definitely need to play Covert. Oh, yeah, I agree. It, it does seem like it's heavy, but, I mean, it's... The heaviest part is just knowing what you can do with the dice. But yeah, it, it, it looks a lot heavier than it is. It's just really fun. Yep. So that's good. I, there were so many. Like, I wanted to talk about Covert, and I wanted to talk... I mean, there are just so many that I liked. Um, so we definitely have some honorable mentions in this round. Oh, yeah. I have I have a pile. Um, some of these I really wanted to put on. Like, I almost put Revolution on here. It's number 1225. But we talk about that game a lot, so I wanted to just share the love a little bit. And twelve seventy nine on tour, great ro- flipping right, I guess. Well, there's some dice rolling. So, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. flipping right. It's good. Yeah, uh, twelve eighty nine. This is a two player game I really love. Spirits of the Wild, so good. Uh, I still don't, have you even played this game yet? Yeah, um, I think one time. Okay, you're not as uh, keen on it apparently. It's not like it was bad. I just I don't know. I I, I didn't play it with you. So maybe I played it with somebody that taught me poorly or confused me or something. I don't know. It was just okay. I'll give it another go. So number 1307 is Tortuga 1667. Real good. Uh, one of those little book games from Facade. So good. My favorite one, probably. Uh, 1408 is Abomination, The Heir of Frankenstein. I like this game. It's controversial because people say it's too long or whatever. I don't they're, care. It's fun. They're wrong. It's good. Yeah, it's fun. 1453, Sans Souci uh kramer keesling i seriously love this game like i really do <laughs> yeah it's fun it's 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 really fast too it's like a a filler that's actually more than a filler i like it yeah it's good uh 1471 i don't know if you played this one the hanging gardens i have not it's a like a you're placing these cards down on the table trying to make different types of um terrain to put temples on there to score some points it's you might hate that from that aspect but it's pretty fun <laughs> Uh, 1523 is Yunnan. This is a game about trying to build trading houses to travel around. I think that's China. Travel yeah. around China to sell the best tea. You haven't played this either, but it's really good. Mm. Uh, Sounds 16... like a theme I would like. Oh, it's yeah, it's a good theme. There's a lot of auctioning, and I don't know how if you love that. Like the first, mm. like every round has half auction, half like doing things. So yeah, I, I don't know if you love that. Yeah, I don't know about that. 1654, Campy Creatures, so uh, good. The more I play that game, the more I like it. Yeah. And again, Keymaster with awesome um, artwork and like just an awesome game. Oh, yeah. They, they kill it. And everything they do, they kill it. And the last one on my honorable mentions is 1876 from Days of Wonder, Cargo Noir, which is another game people hate, but I really like. I don't know why they hate it. Like... Um, I can see where it's frustrating sometimes. Like, you're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to win that. But I don't know. I feel like it's kind of just a fun game. Yeah, I think the people say it's a really slow auction game. And that's what they don't like about it. But mm. it doesn't bother me. Just play better. And then. Yeah. Do do better. Be better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so ditto to a ton of Jason's. Like, you heard me. I, I like co-sign a lot of that. Um, also, uh, number 1016 is Sentient. A game I thought I would hate just based on the way it looks, and I really enjoy it. That is a um, good one. 1020 Mercator, which is oh, this new. This is really good. Yeah, it's new to me. It's, like, really hard, like, honestly. But I've done better since after the first time I played it. Once I was like, you do not need to fulfill these contracts all the time. 
because they don't go away. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the trickiest part. Yeah, um, thirteen fifty four sushi roll. Like, I do love sushi go, but sushi roll I thought was really fun, and I, I love sushi roll and I love I love sushi go. I just love sushi. Period. And the artwork is cute, and it's just as fun as sushi go. I I really like that, and you get to roll dice, and that's fun. Um, fourteen thirty is Detective Club, which is kind of which is new to us. Um, and it's kind of like Dixit, but has like a little extra gamery twist. And I think the art's fun. Put this with like my sister, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law. And I think they all had a really good time. Like it was, it was really, it was really a fun game. And plus it has like these cool, um, magnifying glass, like tokens that I love that are wooden. As far as party games go, I really like that one. That's yeah. a good one. Um, 1463 is home Sherlock and Mycroft two player game I put it on here because Jason and I played the crap out of this game oh yeah it's like fun light just set collection like you're trying to kind of outwit the other person and I think there's a lot of just great stuff in that game um 1466 is love letter the classic I carried that around my purse for forever I taught this to some girls from my youth group, they loved it, went out and got another version of it. Like, they just really caught on. And it's such, gosh, um, why can't I think of Seiji? Seiji Kanai. Seiji Kanai, like, genius. I mean, partially because he's Japanese, and I'm like, of course you're a genius. But to make <laughs> a card game that's small, just a few cards, but yet is so fun, and you also to think strategic, love it. 1559 euchre i feel like it was a cop-out because it's not really a board game so i didn't put it on my list but this is really what made me a gamer card games made me a gamer and i have played euchre since i'm from the midwest all over the place i taught one of my college roommates to play it except there were only three of us in the suite so we had to use a shoe as a partner the shoe wasn't very good but we still taught her how to play shoe (laughs) um so i just I, I, I love Euchre. I is, will play it always. Is that only a Midwest thing? Do people in other parts of the country not play Euchre? They don't. From what I've heard, a lot of people have never heard of Euchre, don't know anything about that game. Weird. They're not from the Midwest. I know, because it's like so inundated. We like Euchre clubs at school. Yeah. I played it in English all the time. <laughs> well, I actually, you know, pay attention to English. Uh, um, 1608, another nostalgic game for me is Pit. Um, we used to play this in youth group all the time. I love the bell, um, the trading. You know, it can get loud, crazy. It's fun. Non-gamers like this game. It's old school game. You can also play a variant where you don't talk at all. And you're just holding up fingers for numbers, which I think is cool. Um, I love Pit. Yeah, That's, it's a lot of it's a lot of yelling. <laughs> yeah, sixteen oh nine is timeline challenge, which is really fun. Like it's a really cool twist on trivia. I enjoyed it because I, like, whooped the crap out of everybody I played with. But I still think it's a good game for lots of people. Yeah, I, I liked it. I'm terrible. But, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And then my last one is 1690 Gloom, a very early addition to our games. It's got those clear cards that you're laying on top. I love kind of, like, the dark theme, the Ed Grigori artwork. I just really enjoy Gloom. And I would love to break it out more. But it it, re- it isn't that complex. And, and I don't know as many people enjoy kind of the storytelling aspect of it as I do. I know Jason doesn't, which is why we don't play it as much, but I enjoy Gloom. And those are my honorable mentions. We did play Gloom a lot when we got it. A That's lot. That's true. And I'm actually surprised more more games 
don't do that clear card thing, just laying stuff on top of each other, because that's actually works pretty well, I think. Yeah, I like it in that game. So, 1,000 to 2,000 on BGG. What are your B-sides that you enjoy playing that you think more people should know? Several of you responded. A couple of you I saw talk about your games from 2,000 to 3,000. We'd still love to hear from those two. Um, find us on Facebook. Ask to join the Riveted. We are an awesome... You guys are awesome on that group and are so great. And it's so... It's like uplifting. It's just about games and encouraging... Um, just a great online community. Um, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we are on, um, what's that thing? YouTube? Yeah. We <laughs> yeah, got a YouTube. YouTube. It's mostly Jason <laughs> right now. Um, but maybe we'll expand and, and get better at it. But subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave comments on our videos. We just love to hear from you guys because you guys are awesome. Ditto. That's the word of the day. Ditto. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I have. You got anything else, babe? I do not. Nope. Just please keep listening because it's fun to see the listens when we drop an episode. <laughs> Makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you know anybody who's interested in games or interested in listening to goofy people talk, hey, we're pretty okay. I mean, at the beginning of the episode, we didn't even talk about games. We were talking about a movie. So there is That's that. That's true. I mean, we could talk about anything for a long time. And speaking of the movie, Gaslight, there's a Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, something that has Gaslight in it. Oh. So maybe a new one, an old one, I don't know. But it has mm-hmm. something gaslight. I don't know. Interesting. That would make sense. Huh. All right. Yeah. Well, I think we're done. Thanks for listening, everybody. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.